You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. Today's lesson is about understanding God's heart for hospitality with Dana Schmidt. Mrs. Schmidt has been serving at Lancaster Baptist Church for over 20 years with her husband, Carrie Schmidt, who oversees the student ministries. Let's go ahead and learn more about understanding God's heart for hospitality from Mrs. Dana Schmidt. If you turn to Romans chapter 12... Verse 10 says, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in busyness, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Now this is the the verse that we're going to concentrate on today, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Um, First we have the precept of hospitality. If you have your notes, the precept of hospitality. Um, a precept is like a rule or, or our instruction, um, a principle that guides our actions on how to be hospitable. Um, in the New Testament, for the New Testament church, it really wasn't a suggestion. The Bible commanded them to be hospitable. Um, for women, it was a virtue. Um, there are so many verses in the Bible when you study hospitality. There's so many verses that mention the word hospitality. Um, let brotherly love continue in Hebrews. It says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And then in First Peter, it says, use hospitality one to another without grudging. Um, now that verse can be convicting. <laughs> um, it's, it's commanding us to show hospitality, but not only to show hospitality, but without grumbling. You know, sometimes maybe if my husband says, you know, especially spur the moment, you know, we're going to have so-and-so over, and maybe your house isn't ready. You know, it's been one of those weeks or one of those days. You know, sometimes your house can be ready, and then you go home Sunday afternoon, and I don't know what happens, but something happens. Um, and the Bible says, without grumbling. And so we need to try not to make excuses. Sometimes, you know, the excuse can be, oh, it's so much work. It is extra work. You know, it's extra work to prepare your house and extra work to prepare the food, Um it's just extra work to have people over, but it's also an extra blessing. And I always, I always try to keep that in mind. You know, anytime we've had someone over, it's always been a blessing to me. You know, it, it always has. They always are a blessing to us and a blessing um, to our family. You can have your kids help you with that extra work. One time, my husband, early on when we first started having people over, um, for some reason this particular day he said we were having a big group over, and it was spur of the moment, so he said, I'll help you clean. And so this was a Sunday afternoon, so I'm cleaning the kitchen, you know, making sure it's all spotless and perfect, um, or semi-perfect, um, you know, dusting the living room and all of that. And I don't know where he went. He just took off. Well, I go down the hall, <laughs> and he had, you know, unloaded, like, the, the, the hallway cupboard, and he was cleaning under the beds and all the bathroom drawers. He had unloaded everything. And 
I wasn't very happy, <laughs> you know, but I said, okay, don't help me anymore. <laughs> you could go to church early. Don't help me anymore. Um, but that was his way of helping. So I always laugh. If he says, oh, I'll help you do this, I always say, don't, do, don't open a drawer. <laughs> Just, you know, you, you can do this, but don't open any drawers. Don't, it's not the time to clean out your drawers and make it a big thing. Um, but in Romans chapter 12, we see three things that God commands us to do as Christians. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality, and this verse means to press on, kind of like someone that's in a race, to press on and um, to reach our goal. God commands us to love each other. It's really not just a suggestion, it's a commandment. That's pretty strong. We need to contribute to the needs of the people in our church. There's a lot of people that they're hurting, and we would never know it because maybe they have a smile on their face, and... You know, they seem normal to you, but have you ever gone to church and you have a smile on your face and you're hurting inside? We've all been there. Um, I just experienced this at camp. I had a teenager, and um, we I love her to death. And, you know, I've watched her, you know, last three years, and, you know, I've had a relationship with her. But there's always been a little something that I just kind of, couldn't, couldn't get past, and sometimes I'd think, oh, she's not in Sunday school. You know, where is she? She's late again. But you know what? I found out something at teen camp, a huge trial, more than I can even comprehend that she has gone through, and it explains so much about her. And I, I asked the Lord then and there, oh, please help me. This, this was just this past year. Help me to always remember, you know, they may seem fine on the outside, and maybe they'll, they'll seem a little strange to you. But sometimes there's a reason behind all that, and, and we won't always see that reason, you know, but we need to love people. Um, we need to seek to show hospitality. You know, sometimes you'll have somebody that you know, you know, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this with this person, and you know, okay, I can be kind to this person, but sometimes we need to seek them out. You know, sometimes it may be the quiet person or the quiet family that sits in the back that you need to seek out and be kind to and invite them over. Um, I have a family that, that we, uh, I have a group of teen girls that I take teen soul winning, and um, we reached a whole family, and it's been a blessing. But lately, um, this was back in October, they were so faithful. And lately, they haven't been as faithful. You know, she's a foster mom, so she gets these new kids in, and it's hard, you know, to get to church. And um, But when I go visit her on a Saturday, she'll always be there, like the next Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, and then she'll back off. But I have to be faithful, and I have to seek her out. Um, I'm trying to help her grow as a Christian. Um, God commands us to create disciples. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Um, sometimes that means maybe sharing your convictions or your faith. Do you know how when, when my kids were little, we'd have people over and you'd practice with them, you know, don't say this, <laughs> don't say that. If they say this, be careful what you say. You know, you don't want them just blurting out things. My kids now are pretty good. Um, well, my older ones are, and Haley's, Haley's very good now too, but, you know, sometimes when they're little, you don't know what they're going to say. So we would practice, you know, we would work on being hospitable <laughs> um, before company would come. But there's so many people in our church, really, that just need to be taught the Christian life. Um, we've found that sometimes even teenagers, they don't know, um, you know, maybe, maybe that girl who you think um, is just, just being silly, she, she did, maybe doesn't know how to sit properly in church, and she hasn't been taught what to wear, and she hasn't been taught different things. Um, I have a, have a girl that I got to lead to the Lord back in, I think, March, and she, um, I think she's going to come to our Christian school this year. Um, 
but she, she's so sweet. She came to our spring banquet, and that's where um, we honor our seniors who are graduating, and um, some of your churches probably have something like that, and all of our high schoolers come, but we, you know, we require certain standards for their dress. You know, it's like a prom dress, but it's got to be modest, you know, which that's a difficult thing. So we have dress check, and I, and I remember her bringing me a dress, you know, and it wasn't at all even close to at all modest, you know. And I, I remember tenderly, you know, okay, you know, let's, maybe we could fix this and fill this in and raise this here and loosen this here, you know, all this. But she ended up getting a whole new dress, but you know what? She had the best attitude, and she hasn't been taught any of that, but she's so willing. But if I just quickly look at her and thought, you cannot wear that, you know, and just judge her, she just needs to be taught. She came to me before teen camp and with her culottes and said, she came to my house and said, okay, and she put on a little fashion show, you know. Some were okay and some were not, but it was cute. And um, she was in my cabin at teen camp, and she had the best attitude. There was like twice I had to say, oh, let's fix your top. It's a little tighter, a little low, and she had the best attitude. But I didn't jump on her case. She just needs to be taught. She's brand new. So sometimes families need to be taught the Christian life and how to live and um and God commands us to help them as Christians. Um, and when you help people, it, doesn't it feel good? It's a blessing to me when I'm able to help somebody. It's always a blessing, probably more so to us than it is to them. Um, next, God commands those in ministry to be given to hospitality. And we're all supposed to be you know, given to hospitality, but he commands the pastors in the Bible to be hospitable. Um, Jesus himself, he was very, he was the ultimate example, wasn't he? Um, and he always, well, not always, but he often used food when he would gather. There, was, there were so many um, examples that he gathered with food, and I think that's why we have people over. You usually plan on what to eat because it, hospitality often centers around food. Um, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, he used food as, as an example. Um, and that's kind of neat because most of us all like to eat, and <laughs> that's a fun thing. Um, the kingdom of heaven is compared to a great banquet. Um, so we do need to figure out, okay, we're going to have someone over. Let's figure out. And it doesn't have to be big, expensive meals either. It could be, you know, maybe popcorn and chips and, you know, tea, something simple. It doesn't have to be something big, but we need to plan um, we need to um, extend hospitality to strangers. Jesus did that. And that one's not always as easy for me. I don't, I'm not um, super social. Um, and so for me to go out of my comfort zone, it's hard sometimes. We had a girl in Sunday school back in October. Um, the family that I led to the Lord all started with this one girl. She came to Sunday school. She was crying in Sunday school. And um, she got up and ran out. You know, she's crying. And, you know, she's brand new. I don't know her. I had introduced myself to her. And um, our Sunday school class to leave would be, um, like, my husband's here teaching. Everybody's facing him, and the doors are up here. So you have to get up, you know, and go. Um, and I remember sitting there thinking, oh, I should, I should go. And, you know, I didn't want to, but I, I think I know it was the Holy Spirit compelled me. So I got up, you know, and followed her out. And she was telling me the whole way, don't follow me. It's okay. Leave me alone. It's fine. You know, in the parking lot, the whole thing, you know. But I just... You know, you know, she's, I didn't know her. She was kind of a rough girl um, and maybe scared me a little bit. Um, but she kept telling me, it's okay, just go back, I'm fine, you know. And I followed her all through the parking lot. And I, it kind of unlike me, but I thought, I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to. And through that, she ended up getting saved, which was a blessing. 
but she she had just been transferred to a foster home and you know struggles at home and she didn't know you know this new family and um, all her clothes and belongings are at her house you know so she doesn't really have anything to wear and and I was so thankful that I was able you know I don't always act on what the Holy Spirit says but I was thankful that I did that day because she got saved and I never would have known you know maybe we would have thought she just had a bad attitude and you know, she and had I not listened to her, you know, had I listened to her, she didn't want me around, and I kept, I kept going forward. She'd say, "Go away, go away," and I, I kept pressing, and I was thankful that I did because she opened up, and um, through that, we were able to reach her, her whole foster family. Um, but, but it was a blessing. But sometimes we have to go out of our comfort zone, and that's not always easy to be hospitable that way. It's not maybe the natural thing to do. Um, there's so many examples directly from Jesus um, given to hospitality. Um, he turned the water into wine at the wedding, um, the feeding of the 5,000. There's food there. And um, Jesus was a guest at Mary and Martha's often. And um, in Luke chapter 7, we see the story of the Pharisee who invited Jesus to come eat with him. And he wanted to spend time with him. And that's where the woman came, and she, um, she washed Jesus' feet with the expensive oil. And the Pharisee criticized Jesus for allowing her to do that. And, but you know what? That man, you know, he was planning this great time probably, you know, to eat with Jesus and spend time with him. But he missed out because he was being so critical of Jesus allowing that lady to serve him. And that the Pharisee missed out on the blessing that day, whereas the lady who was willing to serve, she's the one who got the blessing. So we need to follow her example and not miss opportunities to serve. You know, sometimes it might be, you know, with us, sometimes it's a teenager after church says you could tell they need some extra time. Maybe it means sitting and talking with them extra time or inviting them over or taking them to McDonald's or something. Sometimes it's extra effort on our part, um, but we need to be careful not to miss the opportunities um, Sometimes it's easy to use excuses, you know, that we're tired. Um, there's always so many excuses, too. Our houses aren't always ready. They're not, you know, and by the way, our houses don't have to be perfect. I used to think, okay, we're having people over. Everything has to be perfect. You know what? People don't care if it's perfect. I mean, it needs to be neat and clean, you know. We need to be, you know, good in that respect, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Everything doesn't have to be exactly, you know, in its spot, um, sometimes, you know, if it's, you can clean the areas that you know people are going to be, and if it's been busy, and, you know, shut the doors to other rooms if you have to. We've, we've been there and done that. Um, but you don't want to miss the greater blessing just because you don't want to have someone over because things aren't perfect. Um, so don't let that hinder you. Um, over and over again, we see in the Bible that hospitality is the underlying theme. Um, in Revelation, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Um, and that verse right there, the Lord, I mean, he's waiting for us to even just stop our daily schedules and spend time, time with him. He's always ready. He's always ready to take time with us, always ready um, to be hospitable. But hospitality is near um, to the heart of the whole gospel message. So we need to remember that. Um, next, we see the purpose of hospitality. It's to develop relationships with God's people. Some of our best friends, I mean, are here. You know, we, we've just grown up here, and it's so, you know, my kids were saying recently, wow, I can't, they heard of someone that's moving, they thought, oh, I can't imagine, you know, going anywhere else. They've just grown up, and this is family to them. Um, 
the next purpose is to disciple new Christians in the faith, to teach them. You, know, you can have families into your home, and maybe they've never seen a Christian home. You know, we've had, had teenagers come over, and, you know, they'll say, wow, you know, just the difference maybe in even the way we talk to our kids. People watch that. You know, and they watch the way you treat your kids and your husband and the way you interact with people. And, you know, people are always watching, which is a scary thing <laughs> sometimes um, on our bad days, huh? Um, but just like babies need more attention, um, sometimes new Christians need more attention. Um, we have a girl that, that's recently saved, and um, we were having the senior class over, and she really wasn't a senior. She was a junior. But we let her come because she had just been saved, and we wanted her to get involved. And, you know, you want to nurture that. Um, so just like babies need more attention, so do new Christians. They need to be taught too. Um, the purpose of hospitality can be to, to defeat spiritual discouragement. So many people are discouraged and have heartache. It's to encourage people and to strengthen people. Have you ever gone to church and, you know, I don't know, it's been a bad day or you're discouraged about something and you go to church and you come out and you feel so much better or you have a headache and you come out and you feel so much better? Um, Just by having someone to your home or taking that extra time with someone, you can be that to a family or to somebody. Um, The purpose of hospitality sometimes is just to defend that sweet spirit in your church. You know, sometimes... Maybe there's someone that's struggling, and if you have them, just by having them over, you can help restore that sweet spirit in them. Um, some of the perfect examples were Mary and Martha. Um, they, they were really a pretty good team as far as hospitality goes. Um, Martha was the organizer, and she always made sure that all the work was done and the dinner was prepared. Um, and meals back then took time. <laughs> you know, they, she couldn't just run to Walmart, you know, or having people over, run over there and grab what you need. It took a lot of preparation. Everything was homemade. And um, so she had to really prepare ahead of time. Um, Martha was a person. She had a gift for the acts of service. She was a servant. She served people. Um, sometimes we see that Martha maybe became overly focused on her work and maybe forgot the reason that she was doing the work. She would get frustrated um, I've done that. Have you ever done that? You know, been so focused on we're having company and we want everything to be great and we're making this food and that and this salad and forgetting the dressing and <laughs> um, all these things and, and we forget, you know, maybe even with my own kids, I can get so focused, do this, do that, do this, do that, and, you know, get really short and, you know, on, on, a, on a tight schedule that you forget, oh, you know, I need to, I need to be hospitable to my kids. You know, sometimes we just get so focused on you know, what we need to do that we forget the people around us. Um, so we don't, we don't want to let it get us too stressed out. Um, in Luke 10, um, chapter 10, verse 40, it, it tells a story of, of um, Mary and Martha, and the verse says, um, this verse kind of always makes me laugh. It says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. We've all been there, I'm sure. Um, she was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? You could hear her probably having an attitude. <laughs> um, Bid her, therefore, that she help me. We've all been there. You know, maybe we're cleaning and the kids are in the other room making a mess as you clean. <laughs> I'm, I'm cleaning and you guys are in here doing this and you're maybe they're playing a game or and you're in here working and we've all been there. <clears throat> we see Martha in that passage get overwhelmed and she's a little stressed out. Um, which is kind of nice to know because we all get stressed out, don't we? (laughs) Um, But while Martha was hurrying around and getting dinner ready and all of that, where was Mary? She just was sitting at Jesus' feet, wasn't she? 
And she, she was doing the right thing, but not in Martha's eyes. She wasn't. But uh, Mary was sitting, and she was listening to Jesus talk. And she was doing the more important thing at the time. But Martha says, don't you care that she's left me to do all this by myself? And Martha was really focused on the meal and making everything per- perfect. And, you know, maybe she was making a big feast. And she was so focused on that that she kind of had a little outburst, you know, with the Lord. But we also see that Mary, she was also showing hospitality too. She wasn't maybe working and she wasn't preparing the food, but she was sitting at the Lord's feet and she was listening. And she um, was the part of the team that maybe can make the guests feel welcome. You know, we, all, we need to be busy and we need to be ready, but we also need to make our guests feel welcome. <laughs> you know, we don't want to be so busy when they're there. You know, I've been places where, you know, um, you know, maybe the hostess is so busy, you don't even get to say hi to her. You know, and we want to be careful not to be that way. It's easy to be that way because we got to keep it all going. You know, there's a balance to all of it. Um, but we've all experienced that. But we also see in that passage that Martha did receive a gentle rebuke from Jesus, didn't she? Um, he tells her that she's worried and upset over too many things. Um, maybe it was a situation, maybe Martha should have just made a little meal instead of a great big huge feast, maybe she should have just made something smaller and made it easier so she could visit too. Um, I did that about two years ago. We have our youth workers over every Christmas, um, and we were having about 60 youth workers over. And for some reason, um, I had been somewhere, and I had, we had, I had been with a bunch of ladies. They had all shared all these recipes that were awesome. So I decided I was going to do all these recipes. You know, I was having two salads, you know, two types of roast beef sandwich things and another type of sandwich. And everything, though, I did homemade as far as, you know, the spread on the sandwich was homemade. You know, it had to be done, and all the dressings were homemade. You know, the dessert was homemade, which was fine. But even down to the whipped cream, I didn't just get whipped cream. I had to make it myself and, you know, put peppermint and then, you know, add the candy cane. It was all great, but I had so many things that were homemade that the day of I had... um some college girls come and help me, and we were just frantically in the kitchen all day, you know, trying to put all this homemade stuff that you can't put together too far ahead of time because the salad gets soggy, you know. Uh, and we were putting all this together up until right before choir, right before, you know, we made it. But it was a frantic day, and the food was great, but you know what? Nobody really cared that it was all homemade. <laughs> Nobody cared. So in the end, I stressed myself out and, and the girls who helped me out because we were doing all this great food, but sometimes maybe you could just do one thing homemade and maybe, you know, order trays of sandwiches or whatever, um, especially when you're having big groups over. But that, my husband said, every year at Christmas, he says, don't do what you did, <laughs> you know, two years ago because it was the craziest, craziest time. But um, it was fun. Um, someone said that entertaining focuses on the host maybe having the perfect meal, the lovely home, um, the charming personality, um, and hospitality focuses on the guest. Um, maybe nourishing food, good food, but friendship, a listening ear, and a place to stay. So the Bible commands us to be um, to have hospitality, not to entertain, doesn't it? And, that, and that's convicting just in itself. So there's a balance to entertaining, too. We have to have that perfect balance. Um, and we can learn so much from Mary and Martha. Without Martha, maybe there wouldn't be tea and food on the table. But without Mary, you know, there wouldn't be that friendship and that warmth and that um, making that guest feel welcome. So we have to have that um, balance. 
very important, and that's sometimes it's tricky. Sometimes it's very hard. Um, if we're having a, a whole lot of people over, um, for my son's graduation, we were having we invited a lot of people over, and you know we had food and everything. But I, I had a couple teen girls come, and they they volunteered to help me, and so they kind of refilled drinks and you know refilled the salad bowl and, and did some different things for me so that I didn't have to be in the kitchen the whole time and I can focus on the guests too. So sometimes you might want to ask you know some of your teen girls, hey, can you come help me? We have a lot of people coming and I need some help. And usually teenagers love to help. They always do. Um, if we're having a situation where we're having families over, a lot of little kids, I've had teenagers you know, come help with that too and they love that too. They, they like to just be a part and to help you. Um, you'll find that they're very, very willing. Um, we each have our own gift. Um, sometimes maybe you can team up with somebody. Maybe you have a friend that's great at cooking and you're great at cleaning. You guys could team up and have families over and, you know, team up that way. We've done stuff like that. So next we have to have a plan for hospitality. We'll go through these kind of quickly. <clears throat> maybe the point in time I wrote down. Choose times on your calendar that are frequent. Now, my husband is the one who does most of this. Um, he plans way ahead. You know, we're going to have this group over, that group over. Um, with our teenagers, we usually have, like, the 12th grade over, the 10th grade over. We don't have them all together. Um, each class has about 40 or 50 in it, so it gets overwhelming if you have too many because then you can't visit with anybody, you know, if you have everybody over at once. So um, so we'll plan. You know, we're having this, and, and Sometimes it's just teenagers that we have over, and many times that we have just teens and we have, you know, 60 teenagers, we'll just order pizza and sodas, and they love that. Sometimes I'll, I'll, um, I'll cook for them, but really, they don't ever care. It seems like if I cook, they want pizza. <laughs> and then I've had times where we have pizza, and they'll say, oh, can we have sandwiches? So I can never get it right. They're so funny. One night with teenagers, a fun idea if you work with teens um, or, or college and career um, we had a cereal night, and we, we got big bowls of cereal, and it had all kinds of different cereal, you know, Captain Crunch and all kinds. And they got to come by with their bowl, and it was a ton of fun. And it was easy, you know, because it was cereal and milk and bowls and spoons, and it was a lot of fun. Um, we had a great time with that. But plan ahead. Who are you going to have over? You know, when are you going to do it? Are you going to do it after church on Sunday night or on Wednesday night? You know, there's always a time that's better for every family. Um, you know, Sunday lunch. Sometimes we'll take people to Sunday lunch. Um, um, are you, sometimes at soul winning time, I'll take a teenager soul winning, and then we'll go out to eat. Or, you know, a group of teens soul winning, and we'll go out to eat, or we'll go get, you know, Starbucks or Jamba Juice or something like that. And you can use that. That's being hospitable, too. Um, determine the people. Who's, who's your people group? Who, uh, who do you work with? Um, for us, it's mostly teenagers, um, we work with teens, and so we're mostly the people we have over are groups of teenagers. Now, with that, many times we'll have families over, too. You know, if we're going to have the 11th grade over, we'll have three of their families over, too, so we could get to know their families better. Um, but, you know, your Sunday school class, think about different people, you know, who you can have over. Um, maybe who is the Lord laying on your heart? You know, have you ever... Um, I've had situations where, you know, you start thinking of somebody, you know, all week long. Oh, that person keeps coming up. Um, and sometimes that's the Lord just laying them on your heart to pray for them. Or maybe you need to do something, take them a meal or, or some cookies or something. Um, who have you led to Christ? You know, maybe you want to have them over for lunch. Sometimes it's somebody just that desires your attention. Maybe, uh, 
you know, a family that you haven't got to get together with in a while, a new family. Um, we like to have like a new family and an older family over at the same time, and then they could get to know each other. Um, that that's a good way to do it too. Um, sometimes it's just someone who needs encouragement. Sometimes it's just a family that you want to have over. Um, but then next, determine the place. Where are you going to host these people? You know, most of the time when your home is, is one of the best places because they can see a godly home, they can see a Christian home, um, they can see you interact with your family, and that's, that's always good for our teenagers. Um, but we've also, you know, gone to a restaurant. We work with the college and career that, uh, from our youth group also, and so sometimes they'll, they like to go to restaurants. You know, sometimes we'll go to a restaurant or we'll take a family to a restaurant. Um, it could be a fast food. It could be Denny's, whatever you choose. Um, Sometimes we've done it in a classroom like this. Maybe you have a Sunday school classroom. You just want to have ice cream or, you know, you can just do it in the classroom at church. Have it in, in the yard or in the parking lot or wherever at church, out on the grass. Um, then think about the provisions. Determine what you're going to eat and then who will prepare it. Sometimes I have a hard time asking people to help me, um, and that was where my weakness was with that whole homemade thing. I didn't want to ask anybody. I could do it all, you know, and I can't, you can't always do it all yourself. Um, sometimes you might want to ask somebody, can you bring this? And you know what? People are willing. You know, you don't always have to have everything yourself. Sometimes people like to bring stuff. People love to cook. Not everybody loves to cook, but some people just are itching to cook and bring it over, and that's fun for them. Um, recently, I think it was, oh, it was last month, the Lakers were still playing, and all the teenagers decided, middle of Sunday school, you know, we were going to have a relaxing family evening watching the Lakers after church <laughs> ourselves, and they all decided, we want to come over tonight. So it was fine, but my husband said, okay, you guys come, but you bring the food. <laughs> so they brought chips and, you know, all sorts of cookies and stuff like that, but, but they don't, people don't mind that. You know, sometimes spur the moment stuff is some of the most fun things that we do, um, you can do nachos and cheese, and it doesn't always have to be so expensive. We don't always have to spend a ton of money. Um, sometimes we'll have the teenagers come over, especially spur the moment like that, and they'll bring a couple dollars. We'll all pitch in and get, you know, hamburgers or pizza or something. Um, with our youth group, we do have a budget for fellowship because we have so many teenagers over. Um, I don't think we could pay for all the pizza that we order. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have any money left for groceries ever. <laughs> but um, So we do budget that with our teen activities, and we do budget for having these big groups of teens over. So maybe you, know, you, you can budget that in your Sunday school class or something for fellowship. Um, ask people to bring something. They love that. Um, sometimes, maybe if your house isn't ready, you have someone in your Sunday school class that has a house that's ready and just waiting to go. And um, I had someone this past Sunday say, hey, whenever you want to have a group over, let us know anytime. And so that's always a blessing, too. You don't always have to do all the work. Um, and always remember, what you serve really doesn't matter. They really, in the end, don't care. They just want to spend time with you. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, I've burned stuff. I've messed up on salad dressings. I've done many things. But you know what? It's not like those people hold it over you. They, they love you. They laugh. And you have to learn to laugh at yourself sometimes. Um, but it's not what you serve. It's just the time with you that, that people want and that people are thankful for. And that's what the Bible commands. Um, I have some, just a few different ideas here for entertaining. Um, you can, actually, I'm skipping one point, I think, here. Let me see. Did I say the priority? No. 
the priority of, of our hospitality and having people over um, is to edify and encourage people in their spiritual lives. Always remember that. It's not always just for social. We don't have people over all the time just for our social benefit. It's really to help people. You know, it's to help the teenagers and to help the families and, and to help them grow in their Christian walk. And that's really what the Bible commands us to teach and to help edify and, and encourage people. Um, we usually, you know, gather everybody in the kitchen and we pray for our food. And if people don't know each other, if we have two different families, you know, a few different families and they don't know each other, we have them introduce themselves. And it's a great way, you know, for people to get to know each other. Um, sometimes we'll share testimonies. Um, Sometimes with the teenagers, we'll sing. We don't do that with adults usually, but teenagers will sing. Um, we have a piano, and my husband will play, and they'll sing. Um, but you can, you know, sometimes you'll have, you'll have just fun, and people just want to be talk, just, you know, just talk about whatever. But sometimes someone might share a burden with you, and you might be able to encourage them with Scripture. Um, then I just wrote down, well, first, just always make sure that Christ is the center of your enter- entertainment. That's so important. Um, that's godly hospitality. I just wrote down some ideas for entertaining. Um, as you prepare, you could pray for your guests as you prepare. You know, pray for the conversation that's going to go on. You know, um, you know, we do that, you know, before, before we have people over. Just, you know, you want to make sure that every, you just want to be careful and pray for that. Pray ahead of time. And the Lord listens to all of that. You ask him to direct your conversation and to open their hearts and ask for that direction. Um, consider the first impression that you're... Guests will see as they enter your home. Um, usually, minus candles. I love candles. Um, I always Walmart. Actually, Walmart's candles smell awesome. So we go through Walmart candles a lot. Um, but I was convicted. Not um, oh, I, Lance was. I don't remember how old he was. Um, and one night, I was lighting candles, you know, around the house. And he said, "Oh, are we having someone over?" And I said, "No, you know, this is just for us." And he said oh, well, you never light candles just for us. It's always when we have company. So I was convicted. I thought, oh, you know, I always give my best for everybody else. But, you know, I, I was saving those candles, you know, because they burned down so quick. I was trying to save them. But now um, I burn candles all the time. Um, it just I, it creates an atmosphere. My husband loves to come home to lit candles and just the smell, you know. It just it makes, even if you haven't cleaned, it makes everything smell so nice. <laughs> um <laughs> But that, that convicted me. Really, our hospitality does begin at home. It begins with our own family. And, and I, I'll never forget that because I thought, wow, I want, I want my family to feel as special as when I have guests over. You know, I, I want to keep things as nice for them. So I do my best. Things are never, ever, ever perfect. But I try to keep things picked up and, and, and nice for my family, too, not only for guests because, you know, they, they like order, and that order creates an atmosphere. Them, but hospitality does begin at home, and I, I want my family to feel special too. You know, I, I don't want them just to think, Oh, we're lighting candles, people are coming over. You know, I want them to feel very special. Um, with your family, try to do special dinners too. Um, that's always important. You know, you know, we sometimes put out our best for our guests and everybody else, but not always for our family. You know, it's always real quick. Um, but family dinners are so important. Um, we usually light a candle at, at dinner time too. It's we're we always light candles, but um. Dinner times are important. This year, we've had a hard, a crazy year as far as I had a, had a son that played varsity sports and a son that played JV sports. And so one would go to practice, one would come home, the other one would leave. So to have, and you know, Mrs. Lake, it's a hard year. It's a busy year. Um, she has a graduate, too, this year. Um, 
But family dinners were hard this year. Sometimes it was maybe we're going to a game and we're all going to get together after the game and we're going to sit at in and out, you know, and that was our family dinner. It just, when we have basketball games and stuff, we have to drive so far because there's not Christian schools around here that we play. So we drive two hours to play a game, you know, that takes up, you know, your whole night. But our family dinners this year were challenged. It was a, it was a challenge for us to get together. But treasure that time um, as a family, too, because that's so important. Um, always remember that everything doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be Martha Stewart. You know, we don't have to have everything just organized and perfect and the perfect dishes, you know. People don't care about that. They just want to be loved. Um, if your guests have children, try to plan for that. You know, maybe um, my kids now, Haley's nine, so she's out of all those sippy cups, but I do keep a couple <laughs> because when we have people over, you know, they forget their, their little kids' cups and different things, and I keep plastic cups you know, because kids with glass is not a good thing. Um, so you want you want to think of your guests ahead of time too. Um, then I wrote down um, to just plan ahead. Maybe for major um, like Christmas, Easter, different things. Think of people that maybe don't have family or that don't have somewhere to go. You might want to invite them over. Think ahead, um, and then involve your children. Um, they can learn to serve and welcome others too. Um, Everything just, I love involving my kids, and, and they have been a blessing. You know, we'll go home, sometimes we'll leave Sunday night right after church, and we'll head home, and, you know, I'll give them jobs. You know, you light the candles, you let the dogs out, you turn on this light. If it's winter, you light the fire, you know, I'll get the food ready, you know, all different things. But you can involve them, and they enjoy that. They enjoy helping. Um, I have one funny story, and then we'll close. Um, my my oldest son, I guess it doesn't matter if I tell who it was, but... Um, he was only three, I think, two and a half or three. And we had, um, we were being hospitable, and we had a missionary over, and he was staying with us. And, um, you know, I made meals. I went out of my way. It was missions week. And, you know, I wanted everything just to be great for this man. And um, Sunday afternoon, we ate. And then um, the, the missionary went, and he went to our recliner, and he fell asleep. So he's in our family room asleep in our recliner, sound asleep. So I took Lance, you know, he's two and a half or three. He went down for a nap, and then my husband and I said, well, you know, we'll sleep for 30 minutes, you know, take a quick nap. The kitchen was cleaned up, and so um, pretty soon I heard something, and I thought, okay, Lance must be awake. So I get up, and I walk down our hallway, and as I'm walking, you know, you want, you know, I have candles lit. You want it to be nice, you know, for your company, and I walk down the hallway, and I see spots. (laughs) He was potty training. And he had diarrhea. <laughs> and he, there were spots all down the hallway. Then I walk into where the missionary is sleeping in the recliner, and all around this missionary was spots. And I don't know, he was, my son was sick. <laughs> he was very sick to his stomach, and it was everywhere. And this missionary sound asleep, and, you know, little Lance is just looking at him. He was being quiet as anything. He wasn't waking him up, which I was so thankful, you know. But there were spots all around this man's chair. And then my husband followed me down the hall, and we both just panicked. I mean, so then the man woke up, and we just said, don't move, you know. But, so my house was not the perfect, <laughs> it did not have the perfect ambiance that day. It was the most horrific smell and I mean thankfully he had such a sense of humor but it was so funny because we can try and we can plan and we can do and we can prepare but sometimes things happen (laughs) that you cannot avoid and you know what you have to go with that and you just have to accept okay the Lord knew this was going to happen the Lord knew that I was going to break this dish or burn this and the Lord knows everything and so 
You know, just take everything as it comes and prepare as much as you can, but then remember to just have fun with it too and to enjoy your company. And always remember that the Bible commands us to be hospitable and, and to express hospitality and that that's the way our, the new Christians are going to learn is through us teaching them. And so that's so important to, to remember Mary and Martha, prepare, but also have that balance of, of sitting at Jesus' feet. You've been listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today we learned about understanding God's heart for hospitality from Mrs. Dana Schmidt. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast. 